Would you pray with me? Father, whether because of my words or in spite of them, may your word be spoken this morning. Whether we come with willing ears or stubborn ones, help us to hear. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. For a few weeks now, we've been talking about a disciple's path. And we've never gone into any detail on the geography or the substance of the metaphor. So when you've pictured a disciple's path in your mind, I don't know what sort of path you've had in your imagination. Maybe for you, the path is a dusty road. It looks very pastoral. It's not very well-traveled. It's a path in the woods. It's nice and quiet. Maybe for you, the disciple's path is an eight-lane superhighway with no toll on it because God doesn't build toll roads. Some folks read the news, thanks. Appreciate that. I don't know what picture you have in mind when you imagine a disciple's path, but just for today, I'm going to ask you to set aside whatever you imagined before and ask you to imagine that the path we're talking about is a beam of light. Have you ever seen a path that is made out of light? I feel like I've seen it most often in basketball gyms. When you've got those high up windows and you go at the right time of day and you see that the sun is coming through at just the right angle, only through those upper windows, all the other lights are out and it goes from the window to the floor. You can see it here in the sanctuary during the week if we happen to have the shutters closed and the, ang- the sun hits at just the right angle and the light comes at this slant path down to the floor. You see it after a storm when the clouds first break. And a single beam pierces from the heavens all the way down to the ground. And in those moments, you find it easier to believe what your physics teachers taught you back in high school, that light is a substance and not just energy. Because when you see that single beam, it seems as though that light is a thing that you could wrap your arms around and that you could carry off with you. I want you to imagine yourself in a windowless room, maybe a dark closet or a tool shed. And imagine that the door to this room has been opened just the tiniest bit so that a single beam is falling through the opening into that darkened place. And you can see that beam from where you are in the darkened room. You can stand over it and look down on it at the dust that is falling through. You can crawl underneath and look up. You can move on either side. You could take a tape measure and measure that beam from the door to the floor to see just how long the light is. But as long as you remain outside of the light, you are only looking at it. If you get into the light, everything changes. If you get down on your knees or do whatever you have to to look along the beam so that it's no longer in front of you but so that the light itself falls on your eye, in that very moment you will see something entirely different. You won't see the light anymore but you will see all the colors that it is bringing in from the outside. In the moment that the beam falls on your eye, you'll see everything that's outside the door. And you'll see all the colors that were mixed in to that supposedly white light. You'll see the blue of the sky and the green of the leaves, and maybe you'll see people passing just outside. And suddenly that single beam of light is no longer something pretty to look at. It is the path into an entire world. 
Here's what I want you to understand. There is a world of difference between looking at the light and walking in it. Today we find Nicodemus. And John makes a point of telling us that Nicodemus has come to Jesus at night so he can hide. He doesn't want everyone to know that he is buddying up to Jesus. Nicodemus is standing in the dark. He is looking at Jesus. And the stuff that he has to say sounds like good news. Nicodemus says, congratulations, Jesus. We Pharisees, the elite, the learned ones, the people who study these things, the people in the know, we have checked you out from every angle. We have measured your length and your width, and we agree that you're legit. You couldn't do what you're doing if God wasn't with you. God is up to something with you, Jesus. We know it. You've got a cool take on God. It's really interesting. And Nicodemus is a big deal. So this should be Jesus' big moment. Jesus is finally getting the recognition he deserves. He has the respect of the people who can take his campaign to the next level. This should be the moment when the music swells in the Hallmark Channel movie. Except that someone forgets to cue the orchestra. As Nicodemus stands there in the dark looking at Jesus. And saying, we know God is with you. Jesus sees Nicodemus and says, you haven't got a clue. Not you, not your friends, not your whole group behind you. Jesus says, if you want to see God at work, you're going to need a new set of eyes. In fact, you need to start all over. Be born again. And this is how we learn that Jesus is the world's worst marketer. He doesn't give trial offers. You never hear Jesus saying, listen to my sermons for 30 days, and if you're not satisfied, I'll give you a full refund. That's just not the sort of thing Jesus says. People routinely ask him to come and prove who he is, and he routinely refuses. He never says, look, this is exactly who I am, and here is why you should believe me. He doesn't really explain himself. Instead, he just keeps telling people over and over again, follow me. Walk with me. You'll never understand if you're just looking at the light. You've got to walk in it. There are all kinds of things that you cannot know except from the inside. I'll never know what it means to be in combat or to play sports on the professional level. These are the sorts of things that I can observe, I can comment on, but I can never really know from the inside. Believe me when I tell you that mobile is the sort of thing that must be experienced and cannot be explained. And today Jesus lets us know that he and his kingdom are also something that has to be known from the inside. How will you understand me, he asked Nicodemus, if I tell you the truth, if I talk to you of heavenly things? I'm the only one who knows what heaven is. So how are you going to evaluate me, Nicodemus? How are you going to examine me? Jesus is the crack in our world by which we see the kingdom of heaven, and we will never know it or Jesus if all we do is look at him. But if we walk in his light, if we are on his path through the darkness, 
then we see everything differently. This sounds very high-minded and abstract, so let me make it practical for you. I was interviewing a sixth grader some many years ago who was about to finish confirmation. Nathan was a smart kid. He had all the right answers, and he delighted in giving them. So I was a little confused as he sat in front of me, mumbling his answers when I would ask him about Jesus and resurrection and prayer. He knew all the right things to say, but he didn't seem to get any joy out of them. Finally, Nathan said, Pastor Michael, can I ask you a question? There's this kid on my bus. He's a real jerk to me. And he's a Christian. And I knew at that point where this conversation was going. Even early in my ministry, I'd had this conversation dozens of times. Nathan wants to know if the bully truly is a Christian. He wants to know if this guy counts. He wants to know where he can go to find real Christians. If this bully's going to get to heaven, that sort of question. But instead, Nathan looks at me and he says, Pastor Michael, when I see this kid in heaven, do I have to get along with him? Whoa, kid. I've been on some church councils I wish would ask that question. I told Nathan, yeah, as hard as it is to imagine. God's kingdom is where God's children will all make peace with one another in Jesus Christ. And Nathan said, I guess that means I should start trying now. That's hard. Nathan was losing his ability to look at the world like a normal person. Any normal person would ask how God can take in somebody who acts like a jerk in Jesus' name. But Nathan had the inside knowledge. He saw his neighbor in the light of heaven, and it changed everything. And here's another thing. If we are walking in the light, we won't just see other things differently. If we are walking in the light, then people will see us. Today, after all, is our day to talk about witness. And I don't know what comes to your mind when you think about witnessing. Maybe you think that witnessing is usually somebody shining a spotlight on someone else to interrogate them and ask if they really know they're going to heaven. But I'm pretty sure that a real witness is not about turning a light away from us and onto somebody else so that they squint at the pain of it. But a real witness is about walking in the light. Witness is when you live so differently that folks can't help but ask why. And then you tell them. Your covenant today. It's an act of witness. When you live faithfully committed to your church and to blessing others, whether or not they bless you back, somebody's going to notice. They're going to ask you out on Saturday night and you're going to say, I'm with joy for Johnny that evening. And they're going to notice. They're going to invite you to brunch on a Sunday morning and you're going to say, I've got to go gather with a bunch of people I like and some I don't and we are going to sing praise to the almighty God and people are going to notice. I told this story at family camp last weekend, so I hope those of you who were there will excuse me. In our household, we love grandparents. Especially love them on the weekends. I love having grandparents in town on a Sunday morning because when I head out early, I love knowing that there are a few extra hands on deck to help Jennifer out and get us all here at one piece. But do you know what I love even more? 
I love it when my parents or my in-laws show up for a Saturday birthday party and they laugh and they play with their favorite little children in the world and then they hug our kids close and they say, I love you, but Nana and Poppy have got to go. It's the third Sunday, so we're counting money and greeting at church and we've got to be there. And in that moment, my kids who know that their grandparents love them more than anything in the whole world, in that moment my kids know that not even they are the whole world. They know that they and we are all walking together toward the one whose love is even bigger than a grandparent's. You think that's a witness? When you walk in the light, someone's going to notice. And maybe that's what scares you. Maybe the light feels a little too real for you. I remember when Elsa was born, we had a new camera. We were taking photos every two minutes. And then we'd go back and look at them, and Jennifer and I would delete all of those that were taken with a flash. That was just a little too much light for us. In the light of the flash, with all the sleep we were losing, we looked like very happy zombies. And towards the end of his nighttime chat with Nicodemus, Jesus says, Light has come into the world, but men love darkness. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. Some of the ways that we're inviting you to witness, to commit to your church, some of them are not the most comfortable. Some of them will invite you to serve your neighbor and bless your neighbor, and you do that often enough, you'll come to wonder if you really do love them. You might not like what you learn about yourself when you put yourself out there that way. Walking in the light might feel a little too real. And so I can't let this moment pass without saying a word to the person here who has been holding back from really committing to the steps that we use to follow Jesus. Jesus warned us we might invent all kinds of reasons to not walk in the light. He goes on in his conversation with Nicodemus to say that we will love darkness more than light. Maybe we're afraid of being blinded. Maybe we're afraid that if we walk too much in the light, we're gonna miss out on something that would be what really makes us happy. Maybe we're afraid of being exposed. Maybe I won't be good enough at the things I commit myself to. Maybe people will see a side of me that I really try to hide. And to all those fears, Jesus speaks this good news. It's the part I left out of the gospel reading. Maybe you were dying to hear it. It's the part we usually read from John chapter 3. It's the one that we need to hear when we are most afraid that serving God will leave us exposed. It is the good news that God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not come into the world to condemn the world but so that through him the world might be saved. If you walk in the light, I cannot tell you what you are going to learn about yourself. I can't tell you what you are going to see and learn about the world along the way. But I do know that behind all of it, Jesus will be showing you a picture of the kingdom of heaven. And it looks like God's arms stretched out to welcome us into a new world. The Son is calling us and begging us to come alongside him, to step out of the shadows, to see the world as he sees it. He wants you to see yourself. 
as God sees you. God's light will not expose your faults. It will burn away the shadows until all that is left is the image of God in you. If we just hide in the shadows, lingering on the edges, examining Jesus, looking him up and down, measuring him, admiring him, really liking him, We commit ourselves as disciples of Jesus Christ without ever saying what those commitments are and where they'll take us and how our lives are going to be dedicated to what he is doing. If we don't put our feet on the path, then we can never know the full wonder of God or his love for us. But his perfect love can fill any darkness So do not fear. In a moment, when we bring our cards forward, don't be afraid. Every church that's ever made a pledge while I was there, there were some who said, well, I'm just going to keep worshiping, keep serving. I'll do my thing. I just don't need to put it on paper. I don't need to make a, a promise. I don't need to commit to it. There's something about putting your name and shining a little light on it that feels so uncertain. I mean, it's not like we put these on our website for everyone to see. Those that see it are yourself and God and the leaders of whatever ministry you're saying you'll support. Don't you want them to know you're there for them? We are so afraid of the light. But when we step into it, we realize that we are being led by the light of the world. And today is the day. Say, I don't just see Jesus. I don't just admire him. I don't just know about him, his length and his breadth. I don't just think he makes a pretty picture in the middle of the darkness. Today is the day to walk in the light. Today is the day to say, I don't just like Jesus. I follow him. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.